What it do? This is the Red Eye Report. We in the building. Come on. <laughs> Red eye. Hold on. Let me pull up my. Let me pull up my anchor real quick. So All right. Going. I just wanna uh, as uh as we uh as we get into. I gotta tell people. Uh, I'm gonna just hit me up 45 seconds ago. Talk about could I let them hold a big face? And and and, and the problem I'm facing is they be like, yo, do they realize I got a newborn that drink baby that drink milk faster than we can create it? Come on. So you just lent somebody a hundred dollars and no, I didn't. I didn't tell. Wait a minute, no, I didn't tell them. I lent them a hundred. I tell you, I need somebody to lend me a hundred. If they own that and they hear me and they can let me hold it, spot me. But I'm saying a person called me up talking about could they hold it, y'all? And I was like, yo, are they serious? Like, it's no way. Talking about, I got it right back to you. I'm just gonna flip it. And here's my thing, people at home, and I know. I talked it the other day, but I just want to speak this. So he said, let me hold the yard, and then I'm going to give you back the yard. And y'all know the Red Eye Report. We mess with that bud. They're like, we're going to give you a sack. I said to them, and this is real shit, y'all. And I can't give them a buck without being able to get at least 50 more dollars on my yard. That's what I'm saying. If I had the yard to give, I would want 150 back. I want like $50 back on it. Because what I'm trying to tell them is, what people don't understand in 2020, all things, read out report, when you lend them money, you might have had something to do with that money. And what we're saying is while that money is in your hands, and then you say, well, look, I got your yard now, so boom, here go back your yard. But see, you didn't do nothing for me. All you did was return my money while you got to do extra shit with my money. See, I'm the type of motherfucker that I want to do the extra shit with my money. You see what I'm saying? I like to make my money work. This is my thing. If I lend a hundred bucks, I know I'm not gonna see it ever again. <laughs> Come on now. Probably Come on now. See it again, so I don't lend. Like, I don't lend people money. I just give it to them. They be like, "Well, oh, I'm gonna pay you back." I just like, it's fine. You don't have to pay me back because I already know I might not get it back. Well, I like how you already are looking at that aspect. These motherfuckers might not pay you back. I'm still under the boat. Because, see, here's my thing. It's a difference for far as how we ask. So let the people know at home, too. Like, if you say, let me hold $20, that sounds like to me, you said, let me hold it. You didn't say, you're going to pay back $20. So I feel that if I got $20, i will let you hold it. But if you said, let me hold 30 and I'm going to get it back to you on Friday, I'm expecting to see $30 on Friday. That's what I'm saying. Come on. Well, right. in the hood, let me hold 20 Twenty dollars and let me hold a hundred bucks means you just got robbed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. When they say let me hold it, I ain't letting you hold a hundred dollars. That's first of all, you can't hold it. And you got look, unless I hit some shit. I got a good day. You caught me in a good day, got some extras on that. Yeah, I let you hold a hundo in that way though. But most of the time though, when we talk those look, I don't fuck with most niggas with those numbers. You gotta be like, let's say for example, entertainment say yo, lead all. I'm in a spot. Let me hold a hundred. Then I quickly tell her, I ain't got a hundo, but I got this 50 for you. Can you work out of that and then hit that back to me? Now I know all things going to hit me back. This other cat, this motherfucker probably, man, I'll be hunting this motherfucker for four days in a week. Where the, where it is? Where it is? Who you at? Where you at? Nah, I'm not with the shit. You know, and I love him. And if I had it and I could really let him hold it, 
I would have let him hold it, but I'm not in a position. I'm in Corona, so there's no way in hell I got a hundred and I can just let flock out there. And like I every so given he said some realistic numbers. You know what I'm talking about? Uh CC like he could have let me hold ten dollars. I might I might have had ten for him. I got real numbers for motherfuckers. Oh, uh let me hold twenty dollars. I I could I could have finally accommodated him with that, even though that would have been pulling from baby milk, but I could have accommodated him for that. But I can't accommodate a honey. Nigga, you crazy as hell. Right. Boy. So on to the topic. Um, what did, did you want to cover your topic first? Or you want to start with mine and then go on to yours and you can go to well, well, I think they pretty much uh in the you know, songs. So let's start with yours. Speaking to the people. I'm just feeling well, yeah, I can't. So my topic is gonna be making America great again. Mm. Question mark. So my, my first uh point. I wanted to ask you, what does the president mean by making America great again? Well, somewhere along the way, he's implying that under Barack's America, it wasn't great. Ooh. And he said that he can come in and make it great. And the question that you ask yourself is, what are you coming in making great when Obama had inherited a GPO that was way, way, way out of balance, trillion dollars in debt, and in his eight years, or let's say 11 years, because you have to remember Trump's term overlaps into his financial recovery, so when he talks about we got the greatest economy right now, you have to contribute that partly to Barack. There's no way to say, like, you got you give Trump... It was Barack. We had, we had a great economy before uh, Barack Obama left. That's what I'm saying. And when when he tries to pump his chest like he he added to that, but he doesn't when he talks about it, he wants to make it seem like Obama didn't have anything to help. His administration didn't help with that. And it did. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, it did. He, and there were several yeah. things that um Obama actually wanted to do and they wouldn't let him. So, Come on now. And curious. so when he speaks like that. He kind of, not kind of, but he honestly, he speaks out of turn a lot when he tells facts and shit. And when you, let me sidestep this again. Now, I don't know what he means by what type of America he wants to make great again. Because if you sort of look at the trigger words that he used Mm. and some of the phrases and statements that he made, you will be saying that he's actually talking to racial individuals. And I don't want to think that. That's what I'm saying. But you would think that how he's talking, he's trying to make America great again for racists. Mm. And I'm going to be honest with y'all racists. It's already been great for y'all. What do y'all mean make it great again? I, been great. I mean, yeah, I don't understand what the whole <laughs> making... I don't understand <laughs> making America great again. Like, what are you trying to make great again? I mean, this is coming... This is coming from a president who's a descendant of one of the KKK founders, right? For real? You know, he ha- he uses the bigotry and the trigger words, you know, often. And he likes to cause division amongst the citizen. And um, here's my question to you. As a black American, is immigration our problem or your problem? And should blacks be threatened by it? Well, in some aspects, blacks should be threatened when you see Dip throwing people in consecration camps, basically detention centers, and just because 
they supposed to be illegal and shit. I like for me, here's my thing about America. America's a melted pot. So we accept all races, all nationalities, all types, big, small, little, tiny, stink, eureka, cute, fine, ugly. That's what makes America America. We are like an alien nation because you can be whatever you are and be in America and find a way to fit in. Now, you can't say that for other places like China, Russia, North Korea, places where they have a dictatorship or places where they have a Taliban type of administration running. Now, what people fail to realize sometimes, they take the freedoms of America for granted, all things. And these freedoms you can't take for granted because if you take them for granted, there's somebody that wants to take them from you. You know what I'm saying? And I don't agree with I don't agree with holding anybody hostage just because they want to come into our country. We should make a way to figure out how we can accept them in our country. That's all I'm saying. Like we not that's not what we about. We're inclusive. We're not exclusive. We're inclusive. We include anybody. Come. That's one of the statements. Um, you know, that's one of the symbolisms of the uh Statue of Liberty, you know what I'm talking about? When you're poor, you're sovereign, you're you're hungry, you're stricken. America's got a place. I mean, God said that in the Bible. Let's just go ahead. If we're going to talk about the KKK and whites, they're the ones who who got that Bible, who they stand behind. That's the case, and listen to what it's telling you. But I want to say that a lot of the black countries also migrate to America, with that being uh, Muslims and stuff. And, you know, some of the words that the president uses he just not some of the words he does use words you know that um it's mostly to like asian or black and brown countries and he basically targets them and you know makes them feel less than you know in his speeches i mean i just don't get it here's my thing immigration brings diseases and overpopulation we already know that fair it it causes a more competitive job market but it can also help create more jobs innovative ideas, especially through the tech. Immigrants get paid less, but still have to pay taxes. Legally, immigrants are not entitled to an income tax refund. What do you think about that? Uh, uh, the fact that they gotta pay taxes and the fact that they're entitled to a return. That's interesting. They are, not, they are not entitled to a return. Not entitled to a return. That whole system is uh, pegnomics and Right. We can get in the whole oh oh why you shouldn't. I don't agree. If you pay in, you should be able to take out. That's my opinion on that That's subject. That's how like, this country works. And then for some people, I've seen it. After after years of paying taxes and working as an immigrant, they get sent right back to their country because they try to get that, that green card thing. That's fucked up. Yeah, I mean, it was better. I like I said, yeah, I like it America again for the people that hold. I think all things as well. We like in America that's inclusive, not exclusive. And that type of stuff makes us where we're um, trying to, we are already trying to divide people on socialism. We try to divide people on colorism. We try to divide people with status, Mm -hmm. classism, and various other things. So we don't need to stoop to these levels. They're all people. They're all human. If they're coming over here to try to make a way to try to make a difference in their life, who are we to want to stop them? That's all I'm saying. And I understand that 
what you were saying about they bring disease, it can bring criminal criminal activities and all that stuff, but that can happen anytime and anywhere. We, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So that should be one of the criteria that discourage us from extending ourselves to others. And sometimes that's what happens. Like, um, there are people, some people fear the darker skin tone. And I'm like, true. why do you fear the darker skin tone? It doesn't, it's true. It's true. It, but media, different forms of psychoeducation has taught a certain segment of people to fear darker skin. I fear no skin tone. Anybody human. I'm not going to lie. I do fear white people. I'm not going to lie. I do fear them. Well, because well, I know for the majority, I do. And then some of them, I don't find them threatening. But for the most part, I already know what they're all about. Narcissism, you know. Um, well, nar- narcissism, about- racism, capitalism. That's the three things that rule them. Okay? True. And but I've never I- seen and I've never seen anything different from any of them. I've always seen that either one or the other, or, or cultism, what what I like to call cultism, because I, I dated white guys. And it seems like, you know, me and Museum talked about it, because he's dealing with the same thing I'm dealing with. And it seems like, you know, before they get ready to shit on us as their partner, as people of color, they do it, and then they go and fuck with their people. Come and, on. And that's something common that me and Museum have gone through with dating people in the white culture. That is something very common. And I, I will say that's the truth. That is the truth. And if you even go against their political beliefs, because I have family that's white, don't don't forget. And you go against their political beliefs, they won't fuck with you anymore. They'll, they, they'll, do, they'll do it to the point to where they'll even cut you off if they're helping you or anything like that. That's now, a fact. That's a fact. I, now, here's my thing with that. When you say white people. See, no, no, I'm not going to take that fact away from you. But I like the I would like to more so say those are the Caucasians. See, here's the thing with me: I don't deal with Caucasians, or I like to deal with white folks, black folks, Chinese folks, purple folks. So, because they're the folks. So when I look, one of my best friends was white. So I can't and. I can't clump all white people into the Caucasians. Caucasians are what we speaking of when you say it like that. They about capitalism. They about uh blue eyed, you know what I'm saying? The Korean like, brothers. Are you talking about Korean brothers? That, that's what I'm saying. Like, see, I don't mess with no Caucasian because I already know you can't do nothing with a Caucasian. Their minds already made up. But then again, Caucasian is any white country to me. I don't give a fuck if they're Italian or whatever, because I'm part Italian. I don't give a fuck right? if they're Italian. You're still white to me. I don't give a fuck. You could you could say it any which way. Oh, we got Latin. We got this. We got that. At the end of the day, see, you know what group you're in, okay? Even, in, even in the Italian community, there's racism within the Italian community. There's a community. <laughs> listen, there's a community in New York that if you're not Italian and you're anything but Italian, they will literally run you out. I've seen them kill people that were of other races because they weren't Italian. Okay, I agree with all that. I'm not discrediting any of that, but what I'm trying to apply is the fact that when we say these statements, right? See, I can't blanket statement that all white people are like that. I won't blanket I'm not statement. making a black. I'm not making a black. I'm just telling you what I've experienced. Oh, fair I've enough. Never I've seen anything other than that. To me, that's Caucasians that you're defining. Because when we, when I say the blanket statement, let me 
let me speak on that for a second. When I, because that's like saying when a black state when they say, well, all black people look alike or all black people look, I'm not, I can't clump all black people into that. See, what I'm saying is there's some fucking niggas I won't even fuck with. There's some niggas that scare me. They're not black folk. Them niggas are scary. You know what I'm talking about? So right. that's I what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. There's, there's, Caucasians that scare me. That's what I'm saying. I'm not scared no, of a they white all person. Scare me. They all scare no, me. No, see, but let me tell you why you I say why they all different. scare me. But you know why they all scare me. Okay, tell me why, and then I'm gonna tell you why I feel white because people. Because I just told you, it's the conditioning that is given to them by their parents. It's the conditioning. Okay, but here's this: they out. might not, they might not, in the end, they might not be like their parents. But just to know that it's in the households, there's certain conversations that they have within their households, within their grandparents. You got to remember, there's still people like Donald Trump that are 70 years old that feel the way that they feel about these oh. cultures that are in oh, their family. Enough. You got to remember that. Because I, call I, them, I have them in my family. I call them still Caucasians, though, because, see, look, we needed white people to help us They're with the underground world. railroad movement. We needed white people to help us with the civil rights movement. Those white people were not Caucasians. Caucasians don't want to help. Caucasians are biggest. That's a lie. That's a lie. There, there are you, so you're saying, so wait a minute now. So you're saying that you're saying that some of those same people helped us during those situations. Is it what you're saying? Yes, there were white women that slept with black men, and that's what pushed them to help to help us during the, you know. Underground Railroad and all that. I'm still going to give them credit for not. Look, see, that's what we, I'm going to say we, you know, here at Red all things, I like this type of debate. That's that's part of our next subject with the free thinking thing. Mm -hmm. But I still got to tell you, though, I I feel like you blank your statement in it when you can put, when you, because not all white people are bad. That's what I'm no, trying to come across. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what oh, okay. Saying. Oh, okay. What I'm that's is, what it, it sounds like. No, that's no, what no, I'm no, That's you not know. what I'm saying. What I'm saying okay. is. I know that there's there are certain conversations in their households, right? Certain things that are in, embedded in them. There's a certain condition in their Come on. in their you know in the back of their mind. They might not act on it, but it's in the back of okay. their mind. And that's why for me, I'm always like I always have a guard up. And then when I get to know them, and then I, and then that I see that they're cool, I'm like, okay, well, I know which ones I could fuck with and which ones I can't, just by their body language, just by their conversations, by the jokes that they make, by how they talk about other people, and I test them too, red eye, and I pretend like I'm right. cool with their conversation because I just want to hear what they got to say. Now I've been in some racial conversations with them, and I mean, like, what I'm basically saying though is, look. Sometimes we gotta have those like this conversation for something might have been uncomfortable. It wasn't uncomfortable for us because we gotta have these type of conversations yeah. because that's the problem. They don't want to have these type of conversations. They don't. Come on. I get you know. I get I, I get attacked all the time on fucking line and and I just have to delete if I make a if I make like a comment on something, and I know it's a specific group of people that hangs out with a specific environment. I'm always getting attacked by, you know, their little, like you say, they're Caucasians. I always get attacked by them. And you know why? It's Come because on. I speak out on these topics. And I get called, specifically by them, I get called stupid for making stupid podcasts. But the thing is, they, they don't understand what we're talking about. I've even, th there was even one of them, okay, one of them who's actually served this country. And he, and he was actually making fun of black people, saying that black people don't deserve to get you know reparations for what exactly. happened to their ancestors and i find that appalling to someone that serves our country to make a fucking statement like that that you have brothers 
that are African American that serve the country. That's fucking disgusting to me. Okay. Come on now. It is a problem. This is a third person looking in saying that's disgusting. Now let me tell you, I've um I've been elbow and shoulder with different various types of races and where I get the, the Caucasian situation from is from another white person that told me he said white people don't like you to call them a Caucasian. That's the work because they rather for you to call them a white person. Really? That means they're blending in. And I know when I've been in situations that shit got heated, various jobs I've worked, and I was like, yo, they did like this is some shit they did. We were moving tables in and they parked the truck away from the curve. So when we taking the tables and stuff, we got to go over the curve. And you know, the thing is long enough to where it could have been at the curve and we had to do all that extra work. And that's just the subtle things that they do. And when you call them on it and you be like, man, that's some Caucasian shit, they can't take the fact that you skipped the vertebrate and went to the noun and the profile of what they're trying to do. And look, Donald Trump, that nigga's a Caucasian, Mick Romney, Caucasian, <laughs> half the Republic Senate, Caucasian. They don't give a fuck about a poor person as far as they can throw them. And if they tell you that they're trying to get the economy back to small, they don't give a fuck. A small business ain't got shit on a corporation. That's, that's what that's I'm telling you. That's where they normally lie. Now, let me ask you something. What about the white countries and their immigration? Should we discount them? Ugh. 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 <laughs> you know, I heard this, and I heard that when we go to other places, that far as you're American, they treat you a certain kind of way, mm-hmm. and they treat you good or whatever. And, and then when we ask about like when you say like when you got Australians immigrating and various other people, my thing is this: I feel like it's a beautiful thing because. Let me give y'all an example of this. Y'all might not notice at home, people, but a while, a couple of years ago, uh, a white lady was shot and um, by a police officer. She was calling me because she thought she had an intruder in her house when she came out back. The passenger officer shot across the drivers into from, my, from the passenger seat. He shot her through the driver's window mm. and everything. Now, he killed her. Now, this was a black officer. This was a white lady. And she was from Australia. Mm. Her Australian heritage, nationality, made put pressure on the case. Now, that black dude, they gave his ass like 15 years. Now, That's her, interesting. her family got like $20 million from it. And what I'm basically trying to say to y'all is, when that shit happened to black people, the highest payout I've heard of was like about eight million, almost ten. But that's the highest. See, like what I'm basically trying to say when we when we as black people, we don't have a country to say that's the greatest trick that I be trying to tell a lot of my peers. Like these other places, you're not going to really be able to fuck them up. Like they can't just start brutalizing Chinese people, Japanese people, Australian people. German people, you they just not gonna be able to brutalize them people because they got a country. And when a country hear about it, their country is gonna go to the UN and push the UN to investigate this type of shit. Right. This atrocity. 
this travesty. Now, when you're black, you don't have your country because right. you're from America. So that's why you don't have it because they tricked you. You from America, but you don't have a country speaking out for you. So that's why these atrocities the can story. happen. That's come on. And, and yeah, that's actual factual, man. It's just sad that like you know when Colin Kaepernick took a knee, it was okay. so sad how people reacted to it. And it's like, don't you get it? Don't you get why he's taking a knee? I mean, there's two reasons why he's taking a knee: the police brutality. And then he's saying it for the fallen soldiers, where he picked it up from. And then, you know, when people twist it and then try to make it seem like it's just on some black shit. He's not just talking about black people when he take that knee. He talk about for anybody that fell down to violence. Right. Come here's, on! Here's another thing. Um, so people from Ukraine, Italy, Russia, Greece, and Ireland are the primary immigrants that come to New York with the Polish mm. and Italian as well in Chicago. Why hasn't the domestic terrorism by white Americans been discussed more in this country? Mm, mm, that's a very mm, 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 that's a ooh, and they, <laughs> ooh, but again, doesn't it go back to skin tone? Like people don't understand that privilege. Like we're not going to really look at them immigrating like that, but well, look at the brown dude immigrating because. He part of gang. He bring disease. Anybody can be part of the gang, and anybody can bring disease. That's true. But we like to single out. I don't understand what that is, though. Like, is it purposes or is it some kind of impotency on white men? I, I mean, white women feel the same way too. But I just have to wonder sometimes where does like the, the complex to be superior. I guess what you were saying earlier is it's in the household. It's in the household. You. you got my point. Thought about it, and that's how. But I. But at the same time, I I I know people that ain't like that, but I know people that are like that. So it's it's a thin line. We in the gray area with that because I don't want to lump everybody up and say yo. Everybody a piece of ish, but in some aspects, everybody a piece of ish because we all have underlying racial tendencies. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah, that's a that's a fact. That's why I say everybody's racist when they're like, oh, we must... no, everybody's fucking racist. There's racism in the Hispanic community. I'll tell you that. There's racism in the Asian community. You know, I'll, come on. I'll tell you that. That's actual factual. You think an Asian person will consider me Asian? Fuck no. I'm only a quarter Asian, but because I have the African, they tell me I'm not a real Asian. Like, who are you to tell me what I am and what I'm not? You know, that is so true. Um, <clears throat> funny you say that because sometimes I got a Vietnamese friend mm. and I fucked up one time and called her Chinese. Boy, did she have an illasher for me. They don't like shit like that. That's like, weird because, uh, like, Vietnamese are... Like in the Asian culture, Vietnamese are considered jungle Asians, right? Like, come on. like lesser than... And then, yeah, they make racist jokes about this. And the Chinese are considered to be classy Asians. So, like, the Japanese and Chinese are classy Asians. And then, like, let's say Filipino and Vietnamese, those are jungle Asians. So they have different classes within the Asians. And I guess that's why she didn't like that shit, because maybe I, I didn't personally know what you just told me. So that must have been why she was offended, because when you say that, it makes them, you know, feel like jungle monkeys. And 
not switching subjects, but just deviating a little bit. What do you think about what's going on with Hong Kong right now and Japan trying to sanction them the way they are? Well, the thing is, the reason why the Wuhan virus is out is because in Hong Kong, they actually had protests. And that's why they released the virus on their own citizens, thinking that, you know, it was just going to kill their citizens. And that's it. They were going to get rid of the protesters because, you know, China, they're they're notorious for killing their people. So when they did that, yeah, so when they did that, you know, people went all over to the Wuhan markets and all over China. They they want to just put it on the Wuhan markets. No, it came from Beijing, China. That's that's the that's the epicenter where it came from. The lab was in, in Beijing, China. That's a fact. And let me okay. just say this: Beijing is the capital of Japan. Just throw that out there to these people. That's where the legislation capital is. All of the infrastructure is right there, and it's Japan that is trying to be able to circumvent the treaty that was put in place back in 97 when Hong Kong was given back to them from Great Britain. And I just think more people should be looking at this because they're now, if they get away with this law they're trying to pass all things, then they'll be able to, like you said again, do what they do in Japan and China, kidnap you. If well, you well Beijing, is, Beijing is the capital of China, but yeah um within there you got you know hong kong and which means red city because hong means red in chinese but yeah so they try to do that and now they're trying to get rid of you know like foreigners because hong kong is like probably one it's like very close to america right it's like a city and everything because a lot of americans are there a lot of british are there it has a lot of british influence that's why they were protesting and they're trying to get rid of that because the chinese people want freedom of speech and they want democracy well, that's what Hong Kong is, but you. But now, what China's trying to do to them is trying to um, stop them from having that freedom of speech. They're right. trying to shut down their papers. They're trying to say it's under for national security, but really, it is based on the fact. Yeah, it is about the civil unrest, but the civil unrest is stating about how Hong Kong was separate from all these other places in China. You know what I'm talking about? As far as how they did people, like. Right. They had their own judicial system, whereas at one point China wanted you wanted Hong Kong to send people back from Hong Kong to China to face their tribunal. And you already know facing their tribunal, it can get you killed or it can get you in life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know, so it's just when I don't um what it again, this just goes right back to how Americans take some of these freedoms for granted. You wouldn't really want to be born in a third world country. Some of this shit is, yo. Listen, the when, they, when, they, when they try to get rid of this, which is called, it's called one country, two systems. Okay, which is a constitutional principle disca- describing the governance of Hong Kong and Macau since they became, uh, you know, regions in China. And, you know, the British got their hand in there, the, the UK and the Chinese don't want them in there because, you know, of course, they're the Chinese Republic they they're um, communists and they want to retain their own economic administrative system without them you know just like the rest of mainland china they want to have those socialism and the chinese characteristics so they could continue with their government systems uh, of doing all these illegal things that they've been doing you know and the right now the only country that's like the safest and is, is the most free country in asia right now is probably taiwan and i could say you know japan right now you don't want to say it's Taiwan 
Okay, it's safer yeah. in America. That's that's a fact. Um, oh, okay, when you say it like that, oh yeah, I agree. Hell yeah, hell yeah. You know what? They've known about these. Like my boss, he's Taiwanese. He's from Taiwan, and he was laughing like when the whole coronavirus thing happened because he's like, listen. People in Asia, we've had awarenesses about these things right now. It's so safe in Taiwan. It's so safe, you know? I mean, I don't know what else to say. Well, you're saying good shit that it's safe there, and it's because, again, certain fun factors, again, like I'd like to point out, because I always like to do callbacks. It's like I told you about that video game set in the early 80s. These motherfuckers were wearing masks back then. Chinese. Japanese people have always traditionally wore masks to protect themselves from others and and protecting themselves from others and then protecting others from themselves. Right, right. And this is why they tried to push that. Okay, so they pushed the extradition uh, bill in Hong Kong in 2019 through 2020. This is when they had the protest. This is where the whole Wuhan virus thing came from. So in April 2019, this is when the virus was being spread out. Because of the protests, there was an extradition bill that was proposed in Hong Kong inciting mass mm-hmm. protests. The mm-hmm. new law identified that those who are suspects of serious crimes could be sent to China. Okay, because I guess, I guess maybe they don't consider Hong Kong like real China because of the British no, influence. No, no, let me let me say this again. See what it is is Hong Kong was under British rule until ninety right. seven. And then they gave it back to China, but it was conditions that basically Hong Kong was operating in a gray area. So they were not, China couldn't oppose their will on Hong Kong how they proposed their will over their land. You see what I'm saying? Now they had ambassadors and people that would tell Hong Kong, well, you know, you need to get your people in line. But for the most part, they pretty much had a basic democracy in Hong Kong. Now, this is what Britain did before they gave it back to China. They said, this is what you got to do. Boom, boom. Now, Ford, what China's trying to do now is say that there's security risks with the protests and, you know, we want to put these extreme measures in place and, like you were saying, when that virus came out, it was the initial protest was about what you said about Extraditing people back to to the motherland to fit, and you know, and that's not a well, fair well, choice. Well, no, this, this is why it happened. It was over a murder. So there was a twenty year old pregnant chick, right? A girlfriend. I guess mm-hmm. the, girl, the girl was from Taiwan, and she was in Hong Kong. And the guy, the guy murdered the girl, but because of you know this British rule that was there, they didn't believe in extradition, so they couldn't prosecute nope. the guy. And that's what the whole thing. That's where it all came about. Well, wait a minute now. I thought they did prosecute him under Hong Kong law. And that and Hong Kong's law and court system is similar to ours versus if they would have did him in what they were trying to say, if he went to trial in China, he wouldn't have had a fair and a speedy trial. Oh, there was now, not gonna be any fucking trial in China. They would have killed them. They would have just killed them. Thank There's you. not gonna be no trial. <laughs> they could tell thank that you. to the news and everybody else, but we already know what time it is. Now, do you think they're gonna be able to pass that law for Hong Kong? Do you think we? Or not? What I'm asking you is this: Should America step in? Should the United Nations step in 
to save Hong Kong from what China is trying to do. Because technically, China is trying to backdoor the agreement that they had with Britain. Well, actually, they're in talks with uh, Great Britain. It has nothing to do with America. I think we should fucking stay out of it. But I will tell you this. If they change the laws and they take more control over, they're going to lose a, a lot of the power that they had within Hong Kong, like as far as like economic goals. That's all going to go out the window. That's all going to... The reason why China was striving, I believe, is because Americans were in Hong Kong and because you got the British, you know, in Hong Kong. But once they get rid of that, that's it. They could just they could just say goodbye to their whole economy. They're, they're not even going to be on the top anymore. That's, Come just, on, that's yeah. just being honest, you know, from an economic that's standpoint. Being a, and I love that. And I love how you said that it will fuck up their economy. It will. I believe that too because Hong Kong right now is a free commerce entity. Again, operating in the gray area. And China wants them to stop operating in the gray area. And I and I and you know what? Sometimes I try to figure out like how China's got that police state, all them cameras, how they people have to live there. Who does that benefit really? Only the higher ups, right? Because yeah. I, I can't see how a civilization can benefit from that much control. It just can it work? I'm asking y'all things. Can that type of control work? Going back to kind of like what Donald Trump wants that type of control over here. Could that really work? That's all I'm asking. Like uh, I don't feel like total control is good anywhere. Like you have to have a little bit like of private private sectors everywhere. Like even in America, the private sector does better than you know the government sector like me as a security guard i made i made really good money you know than if i'm working you know under the government you know the private sector does better that's just honest okay come on now come on now you're making more and money that's why a lot of guys when they're done serving their time they go and they work for the private sector because they're gonna make more money they're not satisfied with what they're making you know yeah they get the benefits and everything but it's like is it enough to like really make a living like is it enough to like you know have money to take care of your family and then some you know now what about them americans that got caught up in trying to do that coup and um what do you mean um it was uh, i saw a report where it was uh, i think it was i want to say north korea but uh, maybe not uh beijing but it was these um um, like you were saying, they were in the private sector. Two soldiers, they happened to be American. They caught 10 people, and they saying that they charged them with um, trying to um, do a coup and kill the dictator there. So right now, they got them in custody and everything. And in the interview, they were interviewing their girlfriends, and they were telling them how they didn't know that this is what type of work they do and everything. Mm. What I'm asking, I'm not asking a question about per se them, but my question is you, what do you feel about those, excuse me, off the book exercises where shit like that is done? What do you, what is your think about that? Is like, do you agree with that or do you uh, think? I mean, I was, a, I was a part of an off the book exercises for, you know, that included the military, but I'm not going to talk about it because I can't. But yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes it's necessary. If it's necessary to like, I'm not saying to kill people, but if it's necessary to like 
help defend the country and like do something great for the country, then yeah, I'm all for it. But if it's just like to be fucking nasty, then no. Why are we gonna do that? But it happens, you know, it happens. I think that's why a lot of countries and even people in our country they they wake up and, and they realize they're like, Man, you know, this country is not so nice. But sometimes you can't play nice. You know, you can't play nice with everybody. Sometimes you have to fight fire with fire. Now I don't know about the whole killing the guy thing. That's that's not something I want to participate in, you know, because that could be backlash for us, you know. So they have to think about these things before they they try to do things like that. But hey, I don't know what the I got one more for you. I don't and know what my favorite was about, right? I don't know behind right. it, what was the reasoning. Um what about this with um you know North Korea's president Kim um Jung Yu, he coming out saying that they're gonna keep continuing to stop power nuclear weapons. Can I ask you this question? This is a question I'm asking. Why does he need nuclear weapons? Uh, Why does he want to go to war? Nuclear weapons destroy has, everything. Okay. What's gonna be left? He has the he has the Napoleon complex, you know, probably got a, a little thing down there. Um so he wants to okay. try to do the whole nuclear thing to try to intimidate us, but it's like we're laughing at him, like you know, but it's like first of all you don't feed your people enough so they don't have the nutrition you know for their brains to operate the way it needs to operate the women that are in the north korean army they rape the women so much that they don't even get periods so how are your people going to function and operate properly to help you do whatever it is you want to do if you're not treating them right okay you got got to treat the people right if you want them Mm -hmm. to get things done for you okay True. Your the body will shut down. Your mind will shut down if you don't have proper nutrition. And then people do not have proper nutrition. Then people are starving. And what I don't understand is that type of shit would make the average savage say, "Yo, it's time to revolt." Mm-hmm. Why do people revolt against? Him? Because they believe that he's a god. Oh damn! A dignity. They believe that he can't die because they he put out a rumor like that he died, right? And now they're right. saying that he's fine and he's alive, right? So then the people are probably thinking like, "Oh wow, he died and look at him, he's still living. He he's true, he can die." They believe that he doesn't even piss or poop. That's crazy. That is crazy, yo. That is crazy. Damn it, man. It's like it's, and, uh, just, it's just like um what was the guy's name? Do they have any resources? What do you mean? Like do they got gold, oil? Do they got any resources that they export? What I'm asking is because uh-huh. basically what you I know South Korea has money and shit like that, but North Korea of course because they fuck they with pay. America. If you don't fuck with America or the UK, you ain't getting nothing. But they do okay. have like deposits of coal, iron, um. You know, zinc, copper, limestone, graphite, like the things that you would use to make like marble floors and things like that. But it's just like minor things. It's not, I don't know, it's, it's mostly a mining industry type of country. No, sir. Come on now. So that's really where their commerce comes from, mining. Because I was always trying to figure out what, what, what was, what is, because see, for me, I didn't think it was a lot of jobs over there, y'all. And he always talking about these nuclear weapons. 
course there's a lot of jobs. They're just probably not paying the people as much. They're not treating them as well. They think that they're, you know, being treated well, but really they're not. What about the fact that I heard the rumors about him? What about the fact that their doctors aren't as trained as ours? Like, for example, his doctor that did his surgery said that he wasn't used to operating on bigger people. Shit like that. I and in America, I can believe it. I mean, when you're, you're being a order, you're eating all the food, but you're not feeding your people. Horse, what do you, what do you fucking think? You know, there's women, like I said, they, I, and I did a podcast about this before and it was actually taken down. It was actually reported because I was doing a, a podcast about hair and I was doing a podcast about, you know, makeup and stuff that happens in North Korea. So like women in South Korea, they cross the border to go into North Korea, smuggle in makeup, you know, because it's not allowed. Right. So it's kind of frowned upon. It's against the law. It's illegal. Even certain hairstyles are illegal. Like, you all have to look the same, right? They give you a chart of how you have to look, right? What you have to wear, right. how your hair has to look. And, um, yeah, they catch you, like, selling makeup, bringing it up, or even wearing lipstick. They will kill you. And then on, on your way out, you you better uh, hope and pray that you don't get shot leaving the country. See, that's the type of shit that I'm talking about right there, like, like that's like trying to live in Yemen and shit, where these rules and shit take place for women, where they can't show their legs or they can't show their head, and they got to be all, you know, covered up and shit. I just don't know how they even to just live like that. You know what I'm talking about? That's so weird. Like that's why I say in America we can't take these simple liberties for granted. Well, we take them for you granted, can't. and I think that's one thing that you know this whole lockdown has taught us you know not to take certain things for granted i know for sure i i learned a lot you know and there's other people that learned a lot too it's like i'm with you in the same camp i'm, I'm still learning from this shit like you said we can't uh i, I know people again this is the main thing i know people that told me they couldn't do shit because all they did was work and then in the corona they complained because they couldn't work it's like they couldn't function without work See, you don't work too much in your life and you don't know how to just chill and accept certain things. And sometimes you just got to accept certain things and just let certain things be. This is what it is. This is, should teach everybody a valuable lesson, man. Treasure the people. You know what? I started putting more pictures up on social media and I want a big picture person, y'all at home, because I feel like your likeness is worth a thousand words. So you need to be cautious how you use your likeness. Mm-hmm. Mm. And in this corona thing, I took that back because I realized that sometimes, like, you know, if you get clipped off, you want these memories, these pictures and shit. So it caused me to start uploading the co- <coughs> excuse me. It caused me to start wanting to upload a couple of more pictures here and there, just because you know that's a memory. When you go. That digital shit gonna be here till you know talking about fuck around. Mm-hmm. That blueprint gonna be here. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep, yep. And now, Even what do you if- think about the free thinking um topic that you were talking about? Oh man, free thank you. Let, uh, let's get with it, man. You, it. I think, I think some of these people go really like this. Uh, if free, free thank you, man. I, that's what we do a lot here at the Red Airport and all things entertainment and. Some of y'all are free thinkers 
and don't even realize that your free thing is just let me on. Um, give me one second. Let me just um uh, got me some notes here. You know what I'm talking about. Come on. And um uh, get my notes. Okay, well, here we go. Come on now. And then these are the things, you know, because there's seven signs you are a free thinker. And I just want to share a couple. Mm. And perhaps for people at home, a definition. So perhaps you're wondering what a free thinker may be. So a free thinker is a person who rejects, accepts, appears, especially concerning religion beliefs. Is non-conformist, individualist, independent, a maverick. Now that's the dictionary definition of what a free thinker is. Mm. And what basically we're seeing is most free thinkers aren't the herd mentality. I, I know some of y'all might be aware of the sheepless, where some people. Where, and, and let me just give you this: what it is. So, um. Most of us were a part of, and then we grew up. Well, that's what we like to think anyway. But the truth is that most of us would rather conform. Mm -hmm. More on this in a bit. So check this out. Most people have what is called a herd mentality. Now, Wiki defines this term, herd mentality, as people adapting a certain behavior on a largely emotional rather than rational basis. Multiple studies have confirmed and reconfirmed the presence of a herd mentality. Consider this study by researchers at Leeds University in Ukraine and apply the title Sheep and Human Human Clothing. Scientists reveal our flock mentality. It takes a majority of just 5% to influence a crowd's direction and the other 95% will follow without realizing and make sure y'all understand that it takes a majority of just 5% mm. to influence the mm. crowd's direction and that's the other 95% so we're talking about out of 100 people all it takes is 5 people to influence the other 95 people that's true come on that's actual factual that's actual factual <laughs> that shit's scary now Scary now. I mean, it's not scary to me. It's scary to think that there's people stupid enough to follow five That's the people. I, I laugh at people like that. I'm just like, wow, you guys are so... Come on, man. We don't want to laugh at them. We want to hope that we can educate them to get out of that herd mentality. Because let me tell you something. That should have lead you off a cliff. You can't. There's this, this, That's the way it is. Like People do social media for clout, for likes. Right, they bully other people for likes, for clout. They hop on the bandwagon. Come on now. They dislike somebody because a group of people dislike the person, or they're influenced by somebody's opinion, you know, of that person. And to me, I cool. feel like those people are fucking lost. And like, even when I hear something, I'm like, uh, I don't know. I I want to see for myself with my own two eyes. I, very rarely do I believe what people tell me. Very rarely, I have to see Come on my own two eyes. And why do people blindly follow? That goes right into it right there. Because these psychologists and other experts have their theories of why people would rather follow. First, we don't like the idea of being wrong. Mm. Specifically, we're in a large group. Second, we fear being left out. 
after all, we're social animals and we rather get along to the get along. And third, it's much easier in our um, uh, help me out with this one on things on T O G N I T I V E with a what cognitive 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 resources. Oh, cognitive resources. Come on, decision making is exhausting, and our brain would rather take a shortcut rather than to have to sift through the information and find a solution. And this will we'll go into what being a free thinker is. So what do you think about that right there, about the fears and things like that? Come I, on. I agree with that, but I also think I also think it's what you said. You know, it's the fear of our mind not being able to come to it. And this what 50 Cent said, boredom. You know, a lot of people, you know, they can't be successful in life because they get bored they get complacent and then they want to move on to the next thing they can't master one thing and it's the same thing with thinking you know they they go by what the majority says you know majority rules majority says this so let's go with that you know and, and now people hope so free thinking are willing to use their minds without prejudice without fear to understand things that clash with their own customs privileges or beliefs mm. the state of mind is not common but is essential for right thinking leo Tortuo said that now being a free thinker is not easy especially today with the reason for while the reason for such are too numerous to list we can commonly point to to political establishments academia social media overzealous religious groups as not the only catalyst of the herd mentality, but proponents of it. Do we, but do we have free thinkers in our mindset? And by the power of positively following, you may be one as well. So let's check out what you should ask yourself if you free thinking. Do you love to read? Let me ask you that. All things, do you love to read? I love to read. I love to read. Yes, I'm a reader. I don't know if you could tell. <laughs> Come on now, they say reading books adds to your knowledge base. Yeah. And you love knowledge as well. Get to that later. But more than most people know that you don't know. But besides knowledge of what you don't know, you actively seek out the resources of knowledge. Intellectual curiosity is a personal trait that every book lover shares. Now, come on now. Mm -hmm. And I do like the research. I tell y'all all the time. We tell y'all here. Research the shit we talk about. It's fun. Mm -hmm. Looking up shit. Yeah, and I think also yeah, it's, like, it's important to, like, for me, I was like, oh, I'll never go to college. And a lot of people talk shit on college, and they're like, oh, you know, you're just going to get loans and all this and that. Don't be afraid of that. Because you know what? One thing I learned from writing English papers in school was that, you know, you have to find a resource that's unbiased. Like, when I hear an opinion from somebody, or if I hear someone speaking, like, let's say if I'm going to vote, for example. I want to hear cool. someone making a statement like i watch trevor noah on the daily show a lot a lot of people don't like him but i do i like him come on because he makes he makes a point on both sides both sides he talks about great areas like he'll make fun of biden just as much as he's gonna make fun of donald trump and he'll point out you know what's the bullshit that they said and why didn't they take accountability for something he says it on both sides you know, because that's Kubota. what true journalism is about, even though he kind of adds comedy with it. 
he does his journalism, but unbiased. I know a lot of people might not agree with that, but if you really pay attention to what he's saying, you know, even in his jokes, he's giving you knowledge. You just have to be able to pick what up. What you said is that you value logic. Right. And there is a time and a place for emotion, but there is a time and place for good old-fashioned logic and common sense. Right. No area of your life is this fact more apparent than in making decisions. To this end, you're either put your own thinking cap on when most others are saying what they think others want to be heard right. or what they think people want them to say to them. And right. you can't be that way. Come on now. And I don't like when people talk to me like that, thinking that that's good shit. You know, they agree with me just for the sake. I don't agree with people for the sake of agreeing with them. If right. I agree with you, I agree with you. That's what it is. It's right. cutting dry like that for me. Fuck around. I ain't trying to do it for the sake of the room. Right. Bullshit. Me. My thing is, I'm not going to blindly follow someone. I'm just not. That's just not me. The next one. You're spiritual, but not religious. We will trick Cliffley here. And within the utmost respect of those religious beliefs, with that said, free thinkers are more likely to report being spiritual mm-hmm. or anatheistic. And observation. Desert- and Many self-proclaimed antithesis are some of the most free-thinking individuals on the planet. As if by their non-belief in a higher power, they're somehow intellectually superior and therefore given a pass into the free-thinking club. But you may not you admit, but you do not know. Now, let me just back to this one about religion and stuff like that. Now, look, I am one of them people that are the first to tell you I don't conform to any religion. I do believe in a higher power. You know what I'm saying? But I still respect those people that say, yo, I'm a Christian or I'm a Buddhist. You see what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm not about to try to distract you from that. I think, again, all of this got married. Right. Um, uh, another thing free thinkers do they like to admit what I, you... I, I, I admit when I'm wrong. That's one thing. I, I am spiritual. Come on, now. I practice nature and Buddhism, but like I say, I always say I'm spiritual because I, I like to study everything. Even Hinduism. I, I'm very interested in Hinduism because you got to think about it. Um, Shakyamuni was from India. So a lot of the a lot of the Buddhism and, you know, Hinduism is very similar. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the cultures are very, very similar. You know, even Egyptian culture... In comparison to Christianity, it's very similar, you know. And people don't pick up on that. Even even some of the shit in a cult that you might find, like witchcraft and magic, is very very similar to the Christian church. Like when they do communism, they have a thing, you know, people in occultism that it's called the it's called libation. It's the same exact thing. Why? Because the Catholic Church, you know, back in the day, Hallow's Eve, back to Halloween, they accepted the pagans and they were one. They existed as one. You know, they didn't have this. Come on, like, oh, well, let's burn them at the stake. No, eventually it did get to that point, you know, because of Christianity becoming stronger. That's where, you know, Christianity kind of pulled a rift between, you know, a lot of other religions and religions that exist now. Like back in the days, we were more free thinkers, right? We were more free thinkers. And then when Christianity came into the picture, that's when people started getting burned at the stake. They started doing the Christian crusades going everywhere, killing people, you know, killing the Indians, all that stuff, um, you know, but I'm definitely not, uh, you know, ever afraid to say I'm wrong about something. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Fuck it. Okay. I'm I love that because it goes back into you admit what you don't know. Right. None of us know all the answers, but some of us like to think we do worse. 
when we think we know everything, even when we're utterly wrong, we go out of our way to prove how right we are, which makes us more wrong. This is called the confirmation bias. Now, we won't go too much into that because I like the next one more say where we enjoy a good debate. Oh, I love and that. I come on now. A debate is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Come on now. Let me uh, here's oh, one boy, thing that I, that I don't enjoy about debating though. When I debate okay. people, especially people that have never, you know, done debating in college or have taken a speech course and passed it with an A. Um, so Come one, on. one thing they teach you in college when you're debating, you know, the first person to get upset or to curse at the other person, that's the person who loses. Like, if, they start, if they start insulting me and throwing slurs at me, you automatically lost the debate. So I love that part. In college. Come on now, I love that. That's why I hate, and- I hate um, debating with people that don't know how to debate. I'm just like, I laugh at them. I'm like, oh my God, if you only know the rules of debating. And that's what we're trying to say. When you're debating with a person, your personal feelings do not get involved. Right. Your emotions do not get involved. Thank you God. know, if the truth God. needs to be told, you will tell the truth. Right. You will not adjourn anyone until you made your point. Feelings be damned. Come on now. Mm-hmm. Now, you're mindful. Mm-hmm. To be a free thinker, you must have an open mind. To be a free thinker, you must have an open mind. More than keeping an open mind, you are careful not to allow anything to set off your BS meter mm. and touch into such a wonderful place as your free thinking mind. In other words, you're mindful about what you read, hear, watch. Moreover, you're mindful about how you conduct yourself, ensuring you don't end up following blindly now uh, what you want to elaborate on that Cece? what do you think that, about I, that? I say that's one of the reasons why i don't pay attention to the media come on mm. thinker. that's why i'm like fuck it i don't even really like watching the news when the whole covid19 thing started that's when i felt like i had to watch the news but now i'm at the point where i just turn off the tv i'm like i don't even want to hear it anything me, i don't even want to hear it um it's funny you say that because that is the last of that and the last one is you ignore the media and enough said because you don't allow the media to influence any of your behaviors, decisions, making, how you think about this virus. See, the media will try to green light you or as they say, gaslight you mm. and to think of some other shit. Get you fearful thinking. I don't fall for that shit. Come on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They report what they want to report and how they want to report it. We here at the Red Eye Report, we gonna give it to you. Cut. Raw. Straight from the motherfucking poppy fields. You know what I'm talking about? All things. Straight up they nose. This shit ain't stamped on. That's what I'm telling you. This is 100% coca. This is red. <laughs> this is ready rock. I mean, wisdom, That's what I'm telling you. you know, they say knowledge speaks, but wisdom listens. Thank you. So it's like, why do, I mean, we, why do we believe what we believe in and, and what we know, like, are we asking the questions? You know, Jay-Z said it in one of his songs. He's like, question everything until all the questions are solved. He said it for a reason, you know. Look, I go back. You say that quote, I go back to my old school quote. The end of a cartoon called G.I. Joe, when they used to give you that fun fact. They'd be like, the more you know, the way do you, the more, what was it? Um, Yo, Joe, the more you know, knowledge is power. Hmm. 
And that's a true statement. The more you know, and you got to know shit. A lot of people assume shit. You yep. don't know shit. You assume shit. Exactly. You know shit. shit. There's a that's, difference. That's what's dangerous. And that's why I say I talk about it all the time. I, I I um you know meet people and they find me untrustworthy because of my omission, you know, because you know, ignorance is not dangerous if you admit to it. But the thing is Thank you. if you don't know a lot about me, then you lack control and you lack leverage. Okay. Come on. You need to have and people love leverage. And people love to have leverage over other people. Come on. That narcissism. Narcissism. And let me just say again, going back here. That's why a lot of times you'll hear us up here tell one another, like, oh, I didn't know that, or oh wow, I'm gonna have to look into that. You know why? Because that's the type of shit that a free thinker does. They will want to further it to learn more. Look, if somebody enlightens you. And I've been enlightened by many of people. And I further followed that enlightenment path. It was them. Look, you weren't supposed to follow them, per se. You were supposed to follow the information and the light bulb they lit off in you. That's what you follow. And that's what I hope with y'all, when we put all things in red, I, I hope that's what y'all get from us. We put a fire under you. We set off that light bulb in your head right. and make you think like, damn. Right. You have to be able to seek relief from your, you know, from your assumptions and abandon the ideas you already know. Like, be open to some other ideas. Say it again, because that is hard for us as human beings. It is hard. Say it again to the people. Be open to other ideas, you know. Be open to it. Other ideas, other customs, other ways of thinking about doing things. Look, there's no right or wrong way, but some of y'all put up barriers and you only want to do it this way, and all y'all do is keep, keep hitting your head at the wall. That's it. I'm not about to keep hitting my head at the wall. I'm not with shit. Right. Come on. Usually when I'm debating with someone or talking to them about something and, and they're not trying to see what I'm telling them, then I'm just like, you know what? I'm wasting my breath at this time because you're not going to understand what I'm trying to tell you. So I just kind of like withdraw my energy. I'm like, this is a waste. Now, that goes right back again. We love callbacks. It goes right back when we were having our conversation about the Hong Kong situation. And we both had two different ideas of the same situation, but we did not allow ourselves to fall victim and not be willing to hear each other's pros and cons about what we were talking about. Come on now. And that's what we need more of because a lot of y'all shut off the moment y'all don't hear the shit. Of if they ain't talking to you, sweet. You cut off. Right. You don't hear them now. They, I can't always talk to you, sweet. Right. It's gonna be some sugar, but I, some of this shit gonna be shit. Shit. Some of this shit gonna leave a bad taste in your mouth. You be like, damn, damn, yo, yo. Some of this shit just make. Some of this shit's fucked up. Let's put it that way. Mm. Some of this shit's fucked up. Come on. Can, Ain't no better way to put it. And the free thinking, I think it goes back to like. I think it also has to. Um, tap into what we were talking about narcissism but this is how free thinking you kill a child with their free thinking you know why because children survive only through conformity that's why I believe people that are narcissists it started within their childhood because by recognizing the behavior of adults like if they cry and they throw a tantrum that they know they're going to get attention you know that's like gratification and and they know that if they have that then the the adult's going to pay attention to them and that makes them happy. They're like, okay, yeah, well now my mom and my dad picked me up. They gave me a bottle. Right. And so I feel like 
that's how people are like, okay, well, we got to go with the crowd because we know that self gratification and people are going to like us, you know, if we go with that thought. Okay, so, you know, I got a newborn, so I know exactly what you're talking about. And she, and she does that. Well, she'll whine to be picked up, and we have to go against our grain to want to pick her up because human nature says pick her up because she's. But we have to say no because you don't want a person to become accustomed to that type of gratification that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. It's not a healthy gratification. Well, if it's like a baby and a toddler, then obviously, yeah, they need that nurturing. But once they get to a certain age, you got to teach them like, hey, listen, I can't always give you the attention that you need, but I hear you. You know, I hear you, but I can't always give you that attention. You have to learn how to do it yourself. Like, that's one thing that my dad told me. He was like, it got to a point where he was like, you know what? You're an adult now, Sassy, you know? And he's like, uh, you got to go through pain by yourself. You know, I respected that. He's like, like, you got to figure it out yourself. I was like, okay, I got you. That understanding. That's a hell of an understanding. Let me tell you something. That's what your parents are supposed to do for you. There's a couple situations in my life that I had to step up to, and they told me you could handle it. They couldn't walk that walk with me. I had to walk that walk on my own. Right. And I respect them. And it made me a better person yes. for walking that walk than if they hadn't held my hand. Right. But they knew when you held my hand, though. And that's another thing, y'all. Some of y'all people at home don't like to hold another motherfucker's hands. I got oh. friends that be like, I don't like to hold your hand. Sometimes we need our hand held. That's what it is. Mm. Don't be afraid to hold somebody's hand. Come on. Shit me. And if you don't know what the fuck I mean by holding somebody's hand, that means sometimes I might not know something. I might need I might need some emotional support. I might need various different things. And so I might go to season and be like, yo, you know, she gonna hold my motherfucking hand. Then there'll be another point where I might need to hold her motherfucking hand. But I don't like you motherfuckers that don't like to hold hands and shit. Now I don't wanna hold a grown ass man's hand. I don't wanna hold a grown ass woman's hand. I don't wanna hold it. Somebody that held you. I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of that to where I've been like, I go to people and I talk to them and they're like, well, you know, something, something, something. Like, I had a, I think it was my mom and she was like, oh, well, you know, I sent you money and I was like, I'm not asking you for money. I I need your emotional support as a woman. I'm talking to you as a woman. You know, I want support from you. I want you to just like listen to what I have to say. For a couple seconds, because I can't talk to anybody else about it, you know. And I'm trying to come to you, and that's why I know that there's certain people that's in my family that I can't about. go to because they just won't listen. They won't listen. They won't hold your hand, and that's it's, all. It's, you it's not even that. It's like, can you just listen to me for a couple seconds? And it's like I try to talk to them about something or about like my business and what I'm doing, and they'll be like, "Oh no, that's not realistic." Or I'm like, "What the fuck." That's what I mean. That's that encompass not wanting to hold your hand because at that moment, all you were asking for somebody to do is reassure you that the decisions that you're making, even though you might have a little bit of doubt, you just came to a person to be like, yo, I'm thinking is this direction? And instead of them embracing what you're asking them, they come off to some other area and try to cloud your judgment even more. You didn't come for that criticism. That's what it is. They give a criticism. Instead mm-hmm. of giving help, come on, yeah, and you or, didn't come to them for criticism, right? Or it's just like I'm just throwing them an idea that I already have, something that I already have going on, and they'd be like, "Oh no, I don't know why you're doing that." And I'm like, "Well, it doesn't really matter what what you what your opinion is about 
if it's going to fail or if it's going to do good. I'm just telling you what my idea is. I wasn't asking you if it's, if to do, to do it. Yeah, I'm not asking you for your permission. I'm already going to do it. That's the thing. A lot of people think that I'm asking them for their permission. No, I'm asking you for your support. And when you're an adult, people at home, not a grown-up, when you're an adult, mm. you don't need another adult's permission to do anything. Thank you me. might want their reassurance, but you don't need their permission to do anything. You're an adult, and if you feel you can do it, you should do it. Oh. That's what I'm telling you. Here's the thing about me, Red Eye. People should already know I'm going to do it. I do. I just do it. I don't ask anybody for permission. I just do it. And then if I do come to you and I ask you, you know, I've already like I've had in my business, I go to certain people that know about a certain thing more than me and I ask them and I'll ask them for their help and they say no. And I'm like, okay, well, fuck it. I'm still going to do it without you. So with or without you, even if I'm going to fail, I'm going to do it. Cause at the end of the day, I said, I was going to do it, you know? And if you don't like that, that's your problem, but I'm going to do it anyways. And I'm I gotta gonna, do it. And I'm gonna succeed in the end. I am. And I use your energy as extra fuel to my fire because you felt I couldn't do it. Right. So I'm gonna exactly. have to show you now. Exactly. I, I'm so then I'm you. inspired. Right. Come on now. That's what and I, I want to show what you. I call triggering my masculinity. Oh. Museum likes to call it the Jezebel spirit, but I say no. You know what? When it comes to like being competitive, he calls it the, the women with the Jezebel spirit. But I'm like, no, I get very masculine when it comes to business, you know, because I get into that competitive sport. It's like if you if you tell me that I can't do something, I'm going to make it so that I prove to you that I can do it. Because that's just the way I got I to come on now. And I step into my masculine air. You got to step into it. And we also want to just throw out that. um. I want to also say when we call talk about free thinkers, I don't want people to get misconstrued into look. There's a difference of being a free thinker and an overthinker. Mm. Overthinking is often associated with anxiety. Indeed, it is usually for a person to possess both traits. Though the two conditions are rarely mutually exclusive, the symptoms are not always the same. It is true. That those with anxieties and those that overthink have persistent thoughts. The main difference is that many, not all overthinkers, are known to possess some exceptional personal trait and abilities. Contrast this with anxiety, which almost always has a negative contortion. In this article, we they were going to discuss five benefits of overthinking in the interest of intellect honesty. We're also going to go over where you may be overdoing how you can mitigate some of the stress that comes with overthinking. Now, what do you think about that whole shit I just spilled to the people? Well, this is what I say. Yes, don't don't be anxious because that goes back to relationships that I've talked about in the past. There have been a lot of guys that because of their lack of security, they overthink a situation with me. They mess up their own game. So that's one example that I can use to you. Like, they'll think they're not enough for me or that I'm out of their life. They'll think something that isn't happening because they overthink too much, right? Come on. Let's go. Even in family situations, right? You could be with your family. Like, I've seen family members that fight 
because they're paranoid and they're like, oh, well, she's talking about me, like petty shit. And I'm just like, what? That never happened. You know, but in their mind, they're convinced that this other person hates them. And they're like, you know, up in arms over nothing because they're overthinking. In the article published in Trends and Conjugal Science, researchers include an existing link between higher brain activity and creativity. While the author do concede that the link exists between overthinking and narcissism, neuroticism, they also note that the existing narcissism models cannot explain its link to both unhappiness and creativity. Self-generating thoughts, a trait seemingly hardwired into an overthinker's brain, can stimulate imagination. Now, look what CC. What did you just say? So many of your relationships, dudes were. Imagining you doing shit. Right. shit because they were overthinking shit like they were too good to be with you. Is that not what you just said? Come right. on. Right. Or they would believe that I'm doing something that I'm not. Which Come on. Part. And they would ruin the relationship themselves. I'm like, you're creating things that are not even happening, you know. And and, and I can kind of I can kind of say that's my fault because I'll put up certain posts and immediately people's minds jump to all kinds of conclusions, right? When you post right. certain things, people don't, uh-huh. people just assume anything because perception uh-huh. is reality, you know, your, mm. mind takes, your mind takes you as far as you can go. But this is what I say to the free thinker and the overthinker. I say, believe nothing, no matter where you read it or who has said it, even if I said, even if I have said it right, unless it agrees with your reason and your own common sense. I love how you put that goes right into the next one. Problem solving. When an overthinker observes a problem in the external environment, they possess a new ability to turn inward and find a solution. In a way, this internal switch is a three to sixty degree turn from their default mode. Albert Einstein, Albert Einstein may be considered history's greatest mind, but what many people do not know is that Einstein was an observer, overthinking. He could not think about the phenomenal that is beam of light. Eventually, due to his obsession, Einstein discovered the theory of relativity, mm-hmm. the universal equation, E equals C, MC2. Right. Now, that's some real shit. Come on now, because they said he was overly thinking that equation, that he found it. Now, what do you think about, are you detail-oriented? Because that's the next one. When overthinkers harness their attention, it is a credible, powerful thing. Not all overthinkers have tremendous attention to detail, but many do because of their ability to center their attention on something that looks out of place. And of course, upon noticing the out of place something, the overthinker cannot feel at ease until the out of place is well put back into place. With the late great Steve Jobs may or may have not been overthinking, he certainly attributed the obsession of attention to detail, particular one. Consider the statement by the article published by Business Insider. Steve Jobs was a true obsessor. He poured over every detail of every product, every ad, every store, everything related to Apple. For instance, when Apple was starting to open new retail stores, his ad partner, Lee Krause, said Steve made us spend a half an hour deciding what HUD to grade the restroom signs should be. Now, what do you think about that? Are you that way? I'm, I'm not. I'm not. My detail orientation is different, and I'm not trying to speak for you, CC. But I know that you had, you know, you've been in law enforcement, you know, took forensic science and shit. And I just say your attention 
when they say detail oriented, I just think it's different. I think it's more of a attention to detail. What do right. you think? Yeah, it's definitely an attention to detail, and you definitely have to think outside the box. I think the only way, because I'm an overthinker and a free thinker, so it's it's weird. I'm a kinetic learner. It's, it's considered you can learn in several different ways, and I think that goes yeah. back to the, because I took a test in a career center that told me the best career I would excel at is forensics because of how I think and because of how I operate, because you got to think about it. I've read books on Jesus, Buddha, Moses, Muhammad. All four of those people, they were not only spiritual leaders, but they chose to step away from their cultures, you know, mm. and, and be free thinkers and be overthinkers and make their <sighs> commitments, you know, outside of normal life and live unconventionally. But now, with, that, with that at the same time, like, it goes back to what I say. When, when I read people, when I do things, when I bring friends around me, right, people that I bring around me, I'm, I'm reading them at all times, right? I've already done my research on you from day one you might not mm. even know it from, from like day one or day two i've already done my research on you and Come on. a lot of people a lot of people don't know that about me and then when people do find that about me you know they get fucking scared they're like oh shit this bitch she's been looking into me you know of course i have you know that's what i'm trained to do come on let's go to the next one academic achievement in the article produced by times higher education author daniel Natalie writes, it is quite possible that being in a higher neuronic state, a trait associated with that will be associated with signature strengths and vulnerabilities. Researchers have found that high scores often strive hard, even in the absence of external rewards. The fear of failure, of falling behind, or to counteract the hazards they sense ahead. This is anxiety, undoubtedly toxic in the wrong circumstances, but also the greatest tool... Hold on, backtrack. What are you saying about that? Well, no, what they're saying in this um, article right here is that people that possess a higher self or higher neuronic thinking, like Jimmy Mnemonic, um, when you overthink, you have great strength, but it can also be your greatest vulnerability as well, because you strive hard to achieve perfectly. So sometimes when you fear failure or falling behind, you try to counteract the hazards that you sense might be ahead. And that is the anxiety. And right. it can be toxic in the wrong people. Basically, right. in short, an overthinker achieves tremendous academic success. In fact, it's not uncommon to see these Neuronics individuals obtain prestigious positions at some of the world's prominent universities. Now, before we speak on that, let me just click this last one out. Enter perspective. Enter perspective defined as the examination of observing one's own mental and emotional process. It's something that overthinkers excel at. Similar to other to the other four things on this list, overthinker must be able to channel his internal energy. To experience positive change and retrospect insists is what allows someone to pinpoint their weaknesses and work towards correcting them. This actually leads us to our conclusion. Overthinkers can be their own best friend or worst enemy. Continuous scattered thoughts produce little to no value regarding of one's intimate intellect or personality with 
within everyone who overthinks a tremendous potential. Whether or not this potential is realized depends more or less on one of two things. The individual realizes their potential or someone sees and convinces that person of their greatness. That's true. Alexander Graham Bell may have said it best. Concentrate your thoughts upon the work at hand. The sun rays do not burn until you brought into a focus. Come on. Mm -hmm. The sun rays do not burn until brought into a focus. So in that quote right there, just to let the people know what he's saying is, so you can be out there all day right. in the sun's heat until you realize that you in the sun's heat. Right. And that's when it burns you. But now what do you think about that right there, those last points I was talking about over thieves, especially um, with the retrospect. Do you retrospect a lot? Mash it. Um, yes, I second guess myself a lot. And those have been the downfalls in my life. It's not because like people will be like, oh, you suck or whatever. No, it's not. It's because I second guess myself. You know, <clears throat> many times, like I say, before you go in the cage, you have to believe that, you know, hey, I've already, I know I'm going to win once I go in. I'm confident, right? But if you don't feel like that and you're telling yourself that and you're an overthinker, uh, you know, overthinking causes me a lot of anxiety. And I'm like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. And it, and it's, <clears throat> that, it's that, it's that like fear, like, oh my God, I, I want to be successful, you know, because I feel like there, well, in the past, not anymore, in the past, I've had, I felt like there was a lot of pressure from my family and from, you know, my parents and, you know, my dad, Chris always says like, you want to be with the overachievers, not the underachievers. So if mm. like, a person doesn't do anything, we always say that the most important thing that you do on this planet is use up all your time. So I was trying to use up all my time in 2019 where I burnt out. You know, because of that anxiety, that overthinking, you know, I'm like, mm. I got to do this. I got to do that. I was doing too many things at once. And then I was like, no, stop, stop. There's, there's only do one thing at a time now. Okay. Come on, I'm, I'm already to where at the place where I want to be at. Okay. We know who I am. We know what I do. Now let's take it one step at a time. Now we can, you know, slow and steady wins the race. That's what another fighter told me. She was like, you know what, Ceci, slow and steady wins the race. And I, was like, okay. I, 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 I like it. And this is uh, a beautiful, we're having a beautiful podcast tonight, people at home. We're going to keep it going right here. I got something other for us to talk about right here on uh, all things. And um, it is, it's called uh, Here Are Seven Secrets to Never Tell Anyone About Your Personal Life. Now, I'm not going to go mm -hmm. the paragraphs, but I'm going to give you the topic of the seven things. And, right. and I just want, when I say the words of what they are, you tell me what comes to mind. They say past resentments. You shouldn't tell the people that. What do you think? Past resentments. Um, I think that I learned one thing when I'm at work. If I don't like someone, don't ever tell anyone else in the job that you don't like that specific person. Because that's oh, like gossip it. in the job and that'll get you fired. So I learned that. And then I definitely learned, like, if your friend is dating someone, don't tell your friend that you hate that person for them, that you hate that partner. And I, and I will give y'all people the hope. But just a snippet. It says, we all have negative stories about our personal life to tell about people we don't like. Remember, those schoolmates or former colleagues that you held a grudge against years ago, and maybe still do. Uh, it's always best to let go of those feelings and discuss them a little as you can in public. This is for you as much as others, because negativity is exhausting. And not just to feel, but also to listen. People for prefer communicating 
with positive conversation partners, those who have interests and insights to provide, not ones who have rights about other people they don't know. They go what's weighing you down and try to focus on the present, and you'll find that more and more people will be keen to talk to you. That's funny to me. I was laughing because that shit should be common sense. You do not want to Debbie down on somebody your baggage. What you think about that, CC? Come on. Can you repeat the question? I'm sorry. I was saying because right here it was talking about how um you uh you, when people prefer com um communicating with positive conversation partners, those who are interesting insights to provide, not someone who gripes about other people they don't know. And that's what I'm like, yo, that's funny to me because I'm not going to talk about, like, all things. I'm not going to mention somebody to you like, yo, unless it's in the relevant tense of what we're talking about. You right. see what I'm saying? Like, that's just unnecessary to bring up. I wouldn't do that. And then right. the next right. is material belongings. Do you, when you talk to people, do you do you talk about your car? Do you talk about your house? I think that's retarded. No. To bring nobody, up, even, yeah. nobody even knows if I drive a car or not. Nobody knows um, if I live in a house or not. You know, they don't. They don't know what type of house I live in or anything like that. No, I don't. I don't, you don't, talk about that. I don't do you ever see me posting pictures like sitting in front of a car and shit? Okay, come on. I've never, never. Not, not even when I first got Facebook. When I first, I had some badass cars back in the day. Me and my ex, we had like three different fucking cars. We had a nice ass house. We weren't up there posting that shit. That's just, I just don't do that. That's what the newer generation does. I just wouldn't Come do that. I don't even like people knowing what kind of car I drive, to be honest. Do you tell people you just met your goals for the future? Um, A little bit of it, but not too much. No, not too much. Okay. Come on, I talk to them about it, but then if I see that they're like, oh, you're boring. That's all you talk about. Then I'll be like, all right, well, I'm going to withdraw that information. Now, what I will tell people is, no, you should share everybody your secret to success. But in the U-verse, if it's yeah, meant for you, uh, <laughs> no one can take what you got going on. So you can share certain details, but you should, right. like, like CC said, not the secret sauce. You leave everything out but the secret sauce. Come on now. Some of y'all niggas give up your secret sauce. Then another nigga that ran with your idea and they got paid off of it. You can't even do shit. Come on. Your income. Do you tell people you just met what your income is? Like, no, I don't think they have, a... they have no idea. Unless you Google me, then you'll be able to see I make certain whatever hundred thousand, how much I'm actually worth. Then well, I that's think that's unnecessary to speak on. Like, hey, baby girl, you know, um, I make 50,000 a year. What's up with it? I had guys, I had guys tell me that they have $13,000 in their bank account, and I just look at them like, whatever, shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah, that's where the shit the fuck up. <laughs> but I don't, you know, in my mind, I'm like, whatever. This guy's trying to, like, impress me when I know it's not what he's saying. Like, if you're going to say you got $13,000 in the bank, at least have a fucking car, okay? What kind of car do fuckboys drive? They don't drive. That's what kind of car they drive. That's what kind of car they drive. The cat bus. Metro. <laughs> what are you talking about? Now, here's a good one that I, I didn't even expect this one to be on this list. Good deeds. And let me just read a little bit. Uh, you may have heard that good deeds always attract good comments. That's true. And you should never be discouraged from doing good. However, you start bragging about it, it takes on a whole nother perspective. Once you brag about something good that you've done, you're making it all about yourself, thus invalidating the good that you already created. 
Many of the greatest philosophers in the world remain unanimous for good reason. When you do a charitable deed, you want the attention to be on the people or the cause that you're helping and not yourself. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, what I think about that is I actually have a foundation, like I said, that okay. you take boys and stuff to Mexico. I don't know if that if that's what you mean by it, but I focus more about talking about like, hey, the people in Mexico, they're not doing good right now. You know, there's children out here. They're working at the border, you know, and it's not fair. I don't I don't agree with that. And I want to make it like, hey, can you guys please donate? I don't want money. I want you guys to donate like clothes and toys and shit like that and shoes for the kids. Like that's the type of stuff I talk about. No, that, that's that, that's completely different. You're talking about action and a result. But this is more so talking about how a motherfucker wants to go back to narcissism and validate themselves for something that they did supposedly out of the kindness of their heart. And what you're saying is this what you this initiative that you're trying to make is to help better people and we want to bring a, uh, attention and acknowledgement to the movement that you're trying to do for those Mexican kids that are having troubles at the border. I understand. That's, that's two different things. And that's what I'm saying. Some people do try to brag about the shit that, oh, I donated um, $25 to uh, United Way and shit. Like, good shit. Like, come on, what do you want? A cookie? Um, the next one is enlightenment. Um, I... No, and you know what? Um, you know, and we over here at all things and right now we've had conversations about religion, but yeah. again, we don't impose our religions or our beliefs on any one person. And when they talk about enlightenment, oh. I don't think that you should really start talking about your enlightenment when you just met a person. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I don't think that people really care for that type of shit. <laughs> I don't either. I don't either. I think it's a trigger. I think you can trigger motherfuckers. You can with trigger that jealousy and envy. Yeah. Definitely. Yes. Come on now. You know, uh, when we, with these type of topics that we have, I love them because they resonate. We get the uh, the speak on them. Let me see if I can't find this one more to finish us off with. Because no, they got this one's up here about never signs of a good woman. Eight some eight. What do you, what do you want? What do you want to do this one? Eight signs someone is jealous of you and how to fix it. Oh, let's talk about it. Oh gosh, let's talk about it. All right, come on now. Mm. Jealousy. The jealous are troublesome to others, but uh, torment to themselves mm. with the pen. Nothing feels wrong than achieving a goal of becoming successful in an endeavor. And discovering that people around you don't feel proud or positive about it, but rather they feel jealous. A person's jealous feelings can cause them to act unkindly towards you, specifically in the face of your own achievement or success. Mm. So what is jealousy? Let's go. What is jealousy? Uh, Well, psychologist Steve Stoey says that jealousy makes you think the same thing over and over. And the more you do that, the less reality testing you do. Emotions have illusions of certainty and jealousy makes you certain of your perspective of the world. Everyone has felt an unpleasant emotion at least once in their life and most likely more than that. But it seems that 
seems much harder to deal with other people feeling jealous towards us, though. After all, we cannot control how we feel, but we can't control how others feel emotionally. Recognizing the signs that jealousy, someone's jealous of you, can be the first steps to fixing it. Here are the signs. False praise. Has people gave you false praise before? What do you mean, have people given well, you Well, you let's example? go with it. All right. When someone is jealous of you, they often first give you a compliment that sounds sincere or seems to be dripping with positive aggression. However, you'll find those people will be rolling their eyes the minute you leave the room. They would rather pretend they're not jealous than address the issue. One way to turn it back around is to give them a sincere compliment when something good happens to them. It may help them see that you're a genuine person and help curb their jealousy. Hmm. Uh, let's see here. Well, it goes back to what I was saying couple podcasts ago where I was okay. saying I immediately know a person is jealous of me and I don't trust them when I see them try to butter me up try to be like oh my god oh sassy like I noticed there's some people that follow me on Instagram and Facebook and they try to give me compliments and like oh my god you're the best person I ever met and I'm just like oh bitch, bitch I fucking know you like you're the type of motherfucker that throws me under the bus I know who you are but you're sitting here like, no, if a person is all like aggressively nice to me in the beginning, not always, but for the most part, if I don't know you like that and you're being aggressively nice to me and you're like all sweet and sincere, especially like when guys try to get my attention, they're doing all this extra shit in the beginning. I'm going to sit back and I'm going to watch you because I'm like, I give it about a month before this nigga break down and he show his true colors. Because, you know, um, it goes back to what I was saying those overthinkers but also more than being an overthinker being jealous because you know jealousy is a mental illness it's come on now jealousy and morbid jealousy let's keep going with it then so because you already know this next one is gonna really apply downplaying your success Mm. no matter what you achieve or hard you work to do so jealous people will always try to make it seem like it was a fluke or that you didn't work as hard as you did to achieve your success, and the reasons that they come up with may be rude or condescending. What do you think about that? I mean, come on. That's, that's, that's my whole life. That's the whole story There's of my life. Like that, don't, it? Did, don't I always talk about this? People that have, you know, try to downplay my career, try to downplay my oh. success, try to talk shit about me like I ain't shit. I talk about it all the time. It's because what? They all have psychological disorders. And then another thing that they like to do, you know, they like to say that you need help and they pr- they hope that you get a therapist and that you need help and that you're, they try to throw it on me. When well, look, I, mean, I, I love this. They, I hope they know that I know that it's them that needs the help. But I just sit back and I listen to what they got to say and I'm just like, okay, cool. Are you done? Are you it done now? Because this right here says people who envy you the most are the ones who are in need the most of wow. what you possess. Look at what that said. And this is a quote. Says M. Farouk Rarad. And um, he says that, that and, that, and look, I just want to say it again for the people in case they missed it. People who envy you the most are the ones who are in need the most of what you possess. Think right. about it. Your God-given talent. Right. Your gifts. That's what it is. That's what it is. 
And that's what I call, that's what I like to call the Othello syndrome, you know, is the delusion, you know, uh, that's when you're in a relationship, right? Othello syndrome is like what I was saying, the guys who were jealous and creating things in their mind. So this is when you're dating, like if you're dating a fucking crazy girl and she's like has abnormal behavior and she always thinks that you're cheating even when you're not. And males do this too. Okay, mm. that's, that's called the Othello syndrome. And then you go back okay. to the other... And then you go back to the other different types of jealousy that I just called out, you know, psychologically. Thanks. Different types of jealousy, right? You have the different, you got the romantic jealousy, you got the sexual jealousy, you got the people that are jealous of your success. You know, Come on. That, people that don't want you to do better than them just because. It, it could even happen within our own cultures. It's crazy. It ain't happening in your own family. And the next one we run into, flaunting their success. And I'm just saying, why do people flaunt their success? In the first place, because chances are they're not as successful as you. Author mm. Bob Belay states, "There's always people who feel. Do you understand this? I just want to make sure I just point this out. There are always people who feel, who are filled now, filled with negative thoughts, mm. not only about others whom they envy, but also about themselves and how they perceive failure." Mm. achieving their goals which often to their own business or maybe richer than yours come on now mm, that goes back to that that goes back to that overthink come on now so here going in with jealousy i want to tie it in with envy because you know Jealousy is one thing, but envy is worse. Envy will get you killed, right? Come on now. Because envy is anger turned inward for something that someone has, like status, possessions, power, wealth, that they don't have and they wish they had it. So they will do anything, you know, to get rid of you. Jealousy is just a resentment, you know, or a Come rival a person or a person who who want, who is feels like they're competing with you. Because okay? this Come happens on. in relationships. Sometimes there's partners that they feel like they're in competition with you. You know, it happens. But envy, that's what you feel. Look, the next one. This is a good one. Let me, I love this one right here. They are emulating you. Come on now. Yep. Someone who's jealous of you wants to be better than you, but also be like you. They may imitate the way you talk, the way you dress. In order to feel better about themselves, and feel better about themselves, instead of allowing them, allowing this to upset you, try to encourage them to be their own way, where they're doing their own thing. Give them positive reinforcement. Look, man, I got a couple of about swags about me. Like I got words I like to say, like "all right" and "come on." I don't mind if people catch on to that shit and say that shit. It's just my dialogue is catchy. It's affectionate, like. Some of these people, I'm not saying it like that, but like, if they want to mock, like, my main thing is this right here. So what you jack my style? My own problem is it is when you go around other motherfuckers jacking my style and you don't give my style credit. Where right. you got it from, like, if I jack something from CC, I'm going to note where I got it from. Even like when I read this shit, I'm quoting the authors I got it from. I'm not gonna give you this shit like I did I said this shit probatum no I'm quoting this shit that's what I'm saying come on I ain't plagiarizing up here y'all know what it is right so that goes for you bitches that wanna go train at the gyms I used to train at 
Thank you. Oh, hang around the motherfuckers I used to hang around with, even though you know that they fucking dog me out. It's only a matter of time before before they dog you out. Yeah, don't be surprised because at the end of the day, this is a fucking business. So when you don't produce certain results and you don't do certain things, guess what? The same thing's gonna happen to you, and the veil is gonna fall. You're gonna come on now. There's a veil in front of everything. What about this one? They're competitive. Jealous people tend to be highly competitive because they always want to be the word reek the sense or as clinical psychologist Melanie Greenberg said, they are either insecure or arrogant. That's what it is. They're superior to you. Or they want to prove they're superior. Right. They want to prove they're superior, but listen, there's no competition. Like I said, when it comes to me, there like there's just certain levels to this shit. Meek Mill said it best. There's levels to this shit, right? Right. I listen. I'm not just a fighter. That's what people have to understand. I'm not just a fighter. This is not. I I'm interested more in the business aspect of it. I'm interested in building a foundation so that I can make a platform for other people. This is not just about me. This is about a higher purpose, a higher calling. I have conversations with God, and I'm like, God, what do you need from me? Whatever you need, let it happen. And things just happen. That's what people don't understand. That's Come what, on. Oh my God, who is she? She came out of nowhere. God created the path. You understand? Create the path. All I, I had to do is follow. in tune. Come on. Be in tune with the universe and you'll know what you're calling and what your purpose is. It's okay, baby girl. Fighting ain't your purpose. Creating a company isn't your purpose, but it is mine. And you know what? You can shit on me all day, every day. Say whatever you want. At the end of the day, guess what? I graduated. Okay. I went out there and I did the show and, and I'm smart. I did the marketing. I used the one person that had the most clout to what? To be to be my opponent. And then I used the Come other on. person that had the most clout because I know the I know the culture that she's around and I know that they like to gossip and talk like high schoolers and they got nineteen and twenty year olds. And guess what? Guess who gets the most views at the end of the day for their fights? I do. Okay, it's a marketing strategy. Okay, I use the little resources that I had, like 50 Cent said, use the little resources you have. So these people want to try to be competitive and they want to say like, oh, I got a better coach than you. I have more training, more years than you. That's cool and that's fine and dandy, right? But at the end of the day, I used you as a sucker for a marketing strategy. So even when I lose, I win, right? It's funny because what you just said spoke on six and seven. Motherfuckers love to celebrate your failures. Wow. And they gossip behind your back. Jealous wow. people will always find a way to talk about you behind your back. They can do it in my face too, so I can make them look stupid like I have. Come on. Like Come have. on. Have you oh. gone through that, Red Eye? Have you gone through that with like friends? Yeah, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. When Motherfuckers be jealous of you for the I, I, that what you just asked me leads us in the eight, and that is, do they hate you? Mm-hmm. If there's someone for some reason you, if there's someone you know who hates you for no conceivable reason, they may be jealous of you. This one is hard to deal with because we often don't like to be hated for no reason. You may feel the urge to show that person that you're entirely likable, but they may be nothing you do about it. Now, so. With, with your question, that leads me to that. I've ran into a lot where motherfuckers just hate me 
because of who I be and not mm. because like they somebody else told them some shit about beat all and then they ran with it instead of coming <laughs> in the beat all and then when they learned about beat all they're like man what they said about you man that shit's far from man that shit's absurd but it's right. because other motherfuckers try to lay down a fight and let me just say I've been around motherfuckers that people have salted my character and I couldn't redeem it for these other people. What they, what them people told them about me, they believed them. And that's, it's nothing I could do to change their opinion. They feel like I'm a piece of salt. So it is what it is. But guess what? I don't feel like I'm a piece of salt. And if they want to come fuck with me, they can come fuck with me. But right. uh, I don't like that type of hate. That's what I'm saying. Hate for no reason. I mean, but that's why you got to let people be jealous and let them hate. Because that says a lot about their character. Yeah! I don't want those type of people around me. As soon as I hear somebody gossip about another motherfucker, I don't even want to hang out with you. Don't invite me to no party because I already know who you are. Mm. That's what it is. I like that. And that, and that's real shit. That's what we're saying. And uh, to some of y'all people that got some of these tendencies that we spoke on. Look, when you spend energy hating on another motherfucker, being jealous of another motherfucker, you're actually taking energy from the shit you could be doing. Wow. Say it again. You could be accomplishing. You're taking that energy from yourself, applying it to somebody else. Look, let me tell you something. And, and let me just make sure people read out all things, understand this. We ain't telling you that we might not hate on a motherfucker or two like that. But guess what the difference is? We don't dwell on this shit. And I'm not giving you no energy behind this shit. You don't wow. me. I don't fuck with you. And that's the end. Of, I'm not about to be talking about you, carrying on about you, making you feel like you exist in my world. Because every time I do that, I'm giving you energy. I thank you for the energy that you give us. Thank you. I'm not trying to give you no fucking energy. I want it all. I'm greedy. I'm a hog. What about you, sissy? How you feel about that? I feel the same way. Like, listen, I got I made the mistake before of engaging in conversation and I used to argue with people back and forth online. And you know what I did? I just went right back into their post and I deleted every single last one of my messages so that they could look fucking stupid, look like they were talking to themselves. I just stopped engaging with them. And that was a, that was a quick way to get them to shut up. If you don't engage with them and you don't say anything, like when I post something and somebody say something negative, I delete their fucking comment. That's what I do. Come on now, look. I don't engage. What supposed to do? That's what we got to do because look, these people want to try to interfere with how you're flowing and how you flowing. And sometimes we give them unnecessary acknowledgement. I'm not afraid to tell them. Sometimes some motherfuckers like, damn, that's some bullshit. That shit will make you want to comment like, how they gonna say that? And you know, you be like, that's straight fuckery. And that makes you say something. Because I'm not gonna let fuckery ride, but then a couple of those shits, man, me and you ain't about to acknowledge every fucking hate mail you get. Fuck right. them. That's what I'm saying. You people at home should do the same way. You got to know the rules of engagement. Not every hate mail you get, you should be opening, reading, saying, man, I got to respond to this. No, the fuck you don't. That wasn't one to respond to. Throw that in the trash. They not worthy of response. Do you see some of these stars? They yeah. respond to some motherfuckers and another motherfucker because they don't respond to because guess what? They're not worthy of a response. 
That's right. what I'm saying. Like I like it's tough for celebrities. I, I totally feel them. And like I know at one point Nicki Minaj and Cardi B had they even got off the internet for like a couple months because it's just it's so much hate coming at you. It's like wow. Like now now I control my comments. You can't even comment on my shit if I don't know you. Um, let me ask you a question. Cause some people 